Amen. God is a good God, and boy, that was a much-needed, much-needed time of singing to our Lord and honoring Him. God is good all the time, amen? And all the time, God is good. We know that. But, you know, in some of those times, times get tough, and that's when we have to hold to the anchor and remember that. You know, the one song we did a while ago talked about just being lost in his love. Now, that's a beautiful thought, to be just lost in God's love. And we're going to be wrapping up this uh, known series today, known by God and known by our love. And I thought about what is the greatest way to show people and show the world how great our God is. Because if we're going to show God how the world, how great our God is, they got to see something that's different. Different than this world. Different than what you see every day. Or what might be in the news. Or what might be out at the sporting field. Or what might be in the stadiums. they got to see something that is different. And we have our t-shirt, I'm different. <clears throat> and we're different for a reason. But we're going to be looking today... Uh, known by our love, I'm different. And our text is Matthew chapter 5, and it's the very end of Jesus uh, when he gave his Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5. And Jesus gets into a dialogue here to where he's talking to the disciples and he's talking to religious people that have not come to know him. But there are a lot of Jews there. They're the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And all of those religious elite people. But they didn't have a personal relationship with God. And Jesus begins to, to dialogue with them and share with them some things. And, and he goes back to some Old Testament scripture. And then he even deals with some Jewish traditions. But then he lays out six things here. To where they get into, you've heard it was said. But I say to you. And then we're going to get to the final one, and that's the only one. We're not looking at the other five. We're going to look at the last one that Jesus dealt with because it's about love. And how is the world going to know that we're different? And uh, how are we going to demonstrate the love of God? And pick up with me uh, in verse 43 of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. And he says this, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor... And hate your enemy. It was a Jewish tradition. It's passed down for many years ago because there were some enemies of in nations that were enemies of God. And so they thought that was okay. But Jesus said these words. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? Then he goes on to say, If you greet only your brothers, you know how many times have you gone to church and everybody gets in their little holy huddle? And they only want to talk to people that they know. And they talk to just the folks they know. If you only greet your brothers, he's saying, 
This is a great thing here. What more are you doing than others? What more are you doing than others? Boy, I underlined that in my Bible. And then he says in verse 47, do not even the Gentiles do the same? This Gentiles represents unbelievers. Unbelievers do this. Why are you, why are you going to be like that? And I've seen it in church. I've seen the holy huddles. And people walk by <laughs> and they don't even recognize or acknowledge people. And that's not what Jesus is meaning here. He goes on to say, concluding, verse 48, Therefore, you are to be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, you might be going, whoa, 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 whoa. How, I, I, nobody's perfect. No, I know there's not. But what Jesus is saying here, we're going to get to in a moment, he's going to be trying to show the world what the perfect love is all about okay are you ready to dive into this word with me man I, this is some good stuff here in these verses I want to know deeper what does this mean what are you saying to me today Jesus and I want to I want to just share this right off the top here the love of God does not discriminate the love of God does not discriminate amen you know what God loves and his love does not see, it doesn't see uh, male or female. It doesn't see color, cultures, race, tensions, everything else that's in this world. You know, I've lived for almost 60 years in this world. And I've seen a lot of love. I've seen a lot of hate. And I, do, I don't see things getting much better. I don't. I, I thought for a while it was getting some better, but it don't take long. There's still a lot of hatred that's in this world. But I want to tell you, the love that we're going to be looking at and discussing in this text today, the love of God, it does not discriminate. Now, when Jesus was talking to these people, the Jews, they hated. They hated a group known as the Samaritans because these were Gentile people. It would be, you know, and I've even heard this right here in Walton County. I've heard that the people of Monroe hate the people of Loganville. And I've heard the Loganville folks do not like Monroe folks. Is that true? Is that true? Like, they, they have this hatred going on. And it's almost like we think we are better than you. Have you ever, have you ever known any schools that thought they were better than the other schools? Hmm, well, I'm getting, I'm getting there, huh-huh. And, you know, or have you been in that community? And I know we all have our favorite teams, you know. I know we all have our favorite schools. But what Jesus is pointing out to these people here is a very important lesson for all of us to understand when it comes to letting the world see why we're different. And it's the love of God. It's the love of God. It goes like this. God's love, it loves friend and foe just the same. Friend and foe just the same. It loves saints and sinners just the same. The love of God sees no, doesn't discriminate. Every one of us in this room were once a foe of God. We were an enemy of God until we get into a relationship with him. 
The Bible makes that pretty clear. All of us have turned away. Everyone has turned to his own way. That's what the Bible says in Isaiah. And the Lord has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. You know, you might not have grown up thinking that you were an enemy of God. <laughs> but because of who we were born under, born under Adam and under his nature, we were therefore an enemy of God. And so we had to have a, get a new nature. We had to have something brand new. And that's what is why it's so important to be born again and to be born into God's kingdom. But every person starts out as a foe. But you know what? What does the Word of God say about Jesus? Jesus said that he was a friend to sinners. He was a friend to sinners. Now that is awesome. Why? Because I go, thank you, Jesus, that you were my friend before I even had a relationship. You cared about me even while I was your enemy. Mm. That speaks a lot about the love of God. And that's what he's saying here. So here's the ultimate question at the end of this series. How will the world know that God's love is different? How will the world truly know that God's love is different than the love of this world? Remember last week I talked about the other types of love. There's phileo, friendship love. There's eros, erotic, sexual love. And there's storge, which is parental protection type family love. And what family doesn't, they should all love one another. And parents should love their children and care for their children. And that's the world's love. But the world cannot produce and the world cannot demonstrate and the world cannot model what we're talking about here today, church. And that is God's unconditional love. And so how's the world going to see it? How's the world going to know that God's love is different than the loves of this world? And you know where it is? Here. It's me. It's you. It's me. That's how they're going to see it is through us. How are they going to know that, that it's different? And that's why I love our T-shirts. And Luke even, I started to wear it today, but I couldn't find one that fit me. Isn't that bad? I couldn't find one that fit me. And that's going to happen to some of you. Some of you be going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, all right. But anyway, <laughs> but that I'm different, we got to model. We got to show the world why we're different. And here's what I'm, I'm going to show and prove today in this text. How will the world... How will it become known by our love that we are different than everyone else? And Jesus lays it out right here in this text for us today. Here's the first one. When we love our enemies. When we love our enemies. That's how the world is going to know we're different. It's when we love our enemies. Wow. Wow. With so much hate in this world, you would go, well, how can you love your enemies? Hmm. You and I, in and of ourselves, can't do that. That's why it takes God's supernatural love to love your enemies. Anybody got any enemies in the room? Anybody 
have, I don't want you to raise your hand now, but I want you to think about it. Are there people that are against you and can't stand you, hate your guts, won't, won't speak to you, won't speak to you, wish you were dead, perhaps, don't care a thing about you? Hmm. If you've never had any enemies before, did, let me ask you this question. Did Jesus have any? <laughs> and he was perfect. But he had some. He, Jesus kind of rubbed some people the wrong way. And they were mainly church folks. I, I cannot even begin to tell you that most of the enemies I've ever had were church people. Did you? Did, I'm not saying that the, it's you. I thank God for you. But in my past, most of my enemies have been church people. And they have cussed me. They have said all kinds of things against me. And they even did it in front of my children with me standing there. Can you believe that? Yeah, it happens. Happened right in the church office. In the church office of all places. I'm like, watch your language. <laughs> it didn't matter. But you know what? In a moment like that, when you're being cursed and when you're being attacked and when you're being persecuted by your enemy, it's hard to remember this, isn't it? But it's in that moment when they're coming against you that the world can see something that's different. When you show love. Somebody's watching. Somebody's going to hear about it. Somebody's going to know the, the, the true story of what's going on. And somebody's going to see that and they're going to go, how? How is that person able to love them in spite of what they're doing to them? And I'm going to tell you how. It's the love of God. It's not your love. It's not my love. It's the love of God flowing through us. That's when he said, that's how the world's going to know we're different. It's when we love our enemies. Second, when you pray for those who persecute you. Ooh. <laughs> that's how the world's going to know our love is different. It's not only we're to love them, but we are to pray for those who persecute us. Okay, now, some of you might be going, well, I have a hard time praying anyway. You know, I have a hard time just praying for those I love. And what are you saying to me, Jesus? You're saying to me, I'm, I'm supposed to pray for those who are coming against me? Are you kidding me? Yes. Yes. Now, we get this modeled to us several times in the Bible, but very clearly. In fact, the most supreme example of this is Jesus when he was on the cross. And when they were saying all kinds of insults against him and casting remarks at him, Jesus, while he was on the cross, he prayed to his Father. And he said these words, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. He was praying for those who were persecuting him. That's in the Gospels. 
That is the supreme model. And you know, that model got passed on down. Because later on, there was a guy by the name of Saul who was persecuting the church. And one day he was standing there. And there was a young man by the name of Stephen who loved the Lord. And Stephen said some things and he spoke a word and the people came against him. And they actually cast Stephen down into the pit and they began to throw stones. And you know when they stoned someone, they would pick up the biggest stones at the beginning and throw trying to crack the person's skull. And then the rest of the stones would keep coming. And do you know when Stephen was in that moment, he prayed and said these words, Lord, don't hold this against them. Now that's showing a love that's different. When, when the people that are killing you and there's witnesses all around. But these people are actually picking up stones and physically throwing these stones at you. And how was Stephen able to say that? How was Stephen able to say, Lord, do not hold this against them? <laughs> wow. To me, there, I, I know why he was able to do it. Because he knew the love of Jesus. He knew the love of God. And I'm going to tell you, that was a powerful witness because Saul saw it. And I guarantee you, Saul kept hearing those words over and over again in his sleep. How could this man ask for this not to be held against him? And later on, he met the man that changed his world, too. You know, there was a man, a martyr, a guy that stood and was a godly man by the name of George, George Wiseheart. And when he was actually, George, and I found this in history, that when he was about to be executed, the executioner actually knew how a godly man that George was. And he hesitated. He did not, he did not want to go through with it, the execution. And what George did was George stood up and embraced the man that was about to ex execute him and he kissed him and said, I forgive you. Hmm. How could he do that? How could he do that? The love of God. Hmm. Wow. Now, and I know there's somebody in this room going, <clears throat> vengeance, well, I want to just get back at them. I want to get them back. And that's man's way. That's natural. But this, y'all, is what the world really needs to see and the world has yet to see. We, it's seen it some, as I've given you a few illustrations. But the world, how is the world going to know that we're different? How do we, we wear that shirt, but how are we going to model that we're different? It's by our love, that we love all people. We care for all people. We're here for all people. And you know, that's what is beautiful. And that's what I love about Gratis, is that Gratis is a church that loves all people. It's open to all people. We don't discriminate against any people. 
You know, there might be some people that come in that might look different than us, that might act different than us. But we hope and we pray that everyone would understand the love of God. And the love of God, who I want to be lost in that kind of love. Now, yeah, you might be thinking, well, what if somebody has certain lifestyles? Will, will we accept them? We will love them. And we're going to pray. Because the Bible is clear on every lifestyle there is to live, okay? The Bible's clear. And, we're, and I'm going to be sticking to what the Word says. But the Word that hits us all is how are we going to prove we're different? It's love. Here's the next one. We get to show the world who our Father is. And what do we mean by that? Look at this. Right here in verse 45, it says this. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. Now, you might read that and go, does this, is it mean that when I do love my enemies and I pray for those who persecute me, that this now qualifies me to be a Christian? This now qualifies and shows my love? No. This word here, so that you may be sons, actually means to show yourself to be. It's already an accomplished thing. It's not like... No, but no man can earn his salvation. No man can work for his salvation. It's a gift. <laughs> you don't work or earn a gift. Salvation is totally a gift from God. Completely understood. So what he's meaning by here is this, this proves who our father is. This proves who our daddy is. This proves where the love is flowing from. It's flowing from God. Now this, doesn't this make sense? Listen, when I've, I've done this many times, I've watched my daddy, my natural daddy, my physical daddy do things, and I always said, I'll never do that. I'll never do that. And then I grew up, and I did that. I did it. And I, I was like, good grief, I, I said I'd never do. I never would act like what my daddy did in that moment. But dead gummit, I did it. And you know why I did it? I judged him, number one. <laughs> and number two, he's my natural daddy. He's my natural daddy. And we have to fight against what? That natural part. Because the natural man does not receive the things that are of God. So that happens naturally. But when the world sees who our Father is spiritually, then that's when they go, whoa, 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 whoa. He's, he's loving the person that's coming against him. He's loving, he's praying for the one who's persecuting him. And you know, and I, some of y'all know a little bit of, of the story that's going on in our family, but my wife's been persecuted by family. She's been persecuted by people. Has she deserved it? No. But you know what she's done? She has prayed for them. She has prayed for them. And some of you have joined her in praying for them. Hmm. And when people say all kinds of evil things and come against you and all of that, to know that you're praying for them, wow. Wow. But it also proves that your love is a love is coming from a source that this world cannot give. It cannot give. And you know what's crazy? 
is you know how the enemy tries to attack her? He says, you're not a Christian. Hope your soul goes to hell. Those are the kind of messages she gets sent to her on her answering machine. Hmm. How'd you like to get that from family? Hope you burn in hell. You're not a believer. You're not a Christian. Do you know where that's coming from? The father of this world. I know that demon. I know that demon. But what the love proves, what love proves, is that you know you have the love of God when you start praying for those who are cursing you out. You know, does that make sense? You know you have the love of God. Why? Because in and of ourselves, we want a revenge. I, right off the bat, I told her, I said, I know how I'd handle this situation. I'd have done gone and took care of it. Hmm. My way wasn't God's way. But you know, I believe the Lord said it this way. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, thus says the Lord. Wow. In other words, there will be a payday one day. There's going to be a payday, and you'd rather me giving, be giving you the payback than you had God. Because when God gives it, he's going to be just, and he's going to be righteous, and he's going to be spot on in his judgment. But when we show the world the love of God in those moments, we really are revealing who our Father is, who our true father is and that's just like Satan to attack your identity in Christ and that's that's just how he operates he proves this in this verse 45 by saying going on to saying you know how good God is we sing about Caleb and the team sing about the goodness of God he's so good that he calls the sun to rise on those who are righteous and those who are not he calls the rain to come down those on those who are unrighteous and those who are right and that's why he points this out he's pointing out that God's goodness and God's love and God's grace is still coming out right now for all the world to see and he makes it very clear in these verses when he says he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and he sends rain on the righteous as well as the unrighteous and you know what? They, the, the unbelievers don't have the eyes to see the goodness of God even when the sun just came up this morning. I don't know if you know this or not, but you're traveling on a planet called Earth. It's 67,000 miles per hour, miles per hour around the sun every day. And if you don't think you've gone somewhere, in your day, every day we travel through space at 1.5 million miles. But you go, it don't look like we're going nowhere. The reality is we are. And who is holding all of that together? He's good. Amen. He's good. He's great. And I'm so glad I know him. And he's good even for those who are evil. Because he's holding this planet right in the orbit. It needs to be around the sun. We might not like how hot it is, but I'm going to tell you what. It could be a lot hotter. Or he could push it back just a little bit and it'd be a lot colder, wouldn't it be? And then we couldn't survive. But he is good to hold it 
right in place. He's a good God. And he, he, he tells us this. And here's our final one. How can we, how can the world know our love and prove we're different? It's when, we, when our love exceeds the world's standard. It's when our love exceeds the world's standard. And here's, here he points it out right here in verses 46 and 47. He says, for if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? So in other words, even tax collectors, which was another reference to being a sinner, and they understood that to mean that. He's saying even sinners love one another. They take care of one another. You know, they do for one another. And if, you, if you're going to love like them, what, is, what reward do you have? And then he goes on to verse 47. If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? And so the question comes down to who, who is my neighbor? Who is the one that I'm supposed to show this love around? It's whoever is in need and is in your path for that day. That's who you do it for. And it might not be somebody you like or even care about, but if God puts them right in your path for that day to model and demonstrate his love, then guess what? There it is. You know, I love in that movie <laughs> the, where it's like, uh, I think it's Evan Almighty, but I love that movie. about It's about the ark. But he... He's pointing out, he says, do, he says this question, do you think God's going to make you patient or do you think God's going to put something in your life to teach you patience? Hmm. I think it's the last. I believe it's always God puts certain things in our life. There are no accidents in our daily life. There are no accidents. Everything happens for a reason. And even that person that might stumble across your way. What do you do? What do you do when you're in that parking lot and somebody gives you the finger? What do you do when they open up that door and they hit your car? Hmm, oh, you're meddling now. What if they back into you? What if they hit you? What if they back into you and then they drive off? That's where you call 911. Do you go chasing after them? Do you, what do you do? What do you do? Now, I do understand there's love and there's war. I mean, there's times of peace and there's times of war, and we go to battle in those times. But what he's talking about, and all throughout these are like civil cases, personal relationships with dealing with people. Okay? So take it from that understanding. So when our love exceeds the love of the world, then we are proving that we're truly his disciples. And he even said that. How will men truly know that you're my disciples? It's when you have love for one another. And then he closes with, therefore you be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. We know the heavenly father is perfect. But this is a command here to us. This isn't a suggestion. He's saying, okay, if you want to prove that you're different, you have to follow this example of love. And you'll prove it to the world. The word of God says, perfect love casts out all fear. 
perfect love. And listen, the world is dying to see perfect love, God's love, divine love, supernatural love. And you might be going, you might be going, oh, I can't do this. And you're exactly right, you can't. But he can. He's put everything inside of you and necessary of his spirit. Now, which brings up this question, and I'm closing. If you go, man, I could never do that. I never have ever done that. It could be that you might be missing out on the greatest thing there is, and that is the love of God. It could be that you don't have the capability to do that because you've never received that kind of love. Because the only way to give it is to have first to have received it. And it's God's supernatural love. So this is a message to an unbeliever right now. And if you're in that point that you go, you know what, I've never shown that kind of love. It could be God speaking to you, wanting to reveal the true love, the true love of God. And then for us as Christians, boy, this is a challenging message to us as believers. But it also is an inspiring message to us to realize that every day we have is an opportunity to show the love of God. And so we have a choice every day. And that is we can act according to the flesh and be no different than the world. Or we can walk in the Spirit and show them a love that they've never seen before. It's our choice daily. It's our choice. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the love of God, for your love. It's a divine love. It's an everlasting love. I thank you that your love loved me when I was <laughs> far from you. And I think you love me, even in spite of me. And God, I thank you for your love and your grace in that moment that I surrendered to your love. Because God, uh, that makes all the difference in the world. The Bible says that faith, hope, and love, these three abide. But the greatest of these is love. And the reason for it is, is, is that love never fails. Your love, God, will always accomplish.